morning. Good Erev Shabbos to everyone. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm once again very excited to be in the hot seat right here on the Lower East Side uh, for Table for Two. Uh, it's such a busy, busy, busy time of the year and uh had to like grab myself together to run out here this morning because uh, there's a lot going on between camp and school and I think Yontov's in like five minutes, so, you know, uh, we're trying to get it all in. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook for it, eat it, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet, and I give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat, Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot, coming up, uh, Pesach, and other small parties, or anytime you don't feel like cooking, I am your gal. I hope that you'll tune in each week and hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing great food ideas and recipes each week, as well as having great guests. But I also want to hear from you, and I want to hear about your food experiences, so please feel free to email me at naomi at com. You can join my fan page on Facebook, The Aussie Gourmet. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or you can join my newsletter uh, from my website, the AussieGourmet.com. And Aussie, by the way, is spelled A-U-S-S-I-E. Um, I'm joined in the studio by Executive Assistant Avrami, who is the uh, engineer for today's show. They keeps the show running smoothly, and sometimes we get to even eat and drink our way through our food shows. We haven't had that in a while, have we? Yeah, I miss those good times. I know. <laughs> good times, good times. But, uh, you know, one of our guests here today is Chai Frischman, and she's uh, from Fruit Platters and More, and they also sell sorbets. And I was thinking maybe we should get some sorbets in, but I think that would be soup by the time we got here. Well, you know, things can be worked out somehow with a freezer bag and stuff. Yeah, I know. And... I might have to get a plug-in freezer or something, and uh, next time uh, bring some uh, sorbets when she's our guest again. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we've got a really exciting show, uh, a couple of food announcements, Um I just have to give, I've given them a shout out before, but I was there uh, earlier on in the week to Muscat in, in Queens. They are my favorite milkic restaurant, I have to say. Um, even though there are some amazing ones out there. Um, I had this organata salad and I, I went over to the chef afterwards and I said, what does organata mean? He goes, it's when it's part of the vegetables in the salad are cooked and part of the vegetables are raw. Like there was sweet pota- cooked sweet potatoes in it and cooked asparagus with fresh lettuce and fresh uh, uh, feta cheese, onions, tomatoes, was really like beyond amazing and so fresh and so delicious. So thank you, Alon, for sharing that little bit of information with me and sharing the amazing and giving us amazing delicious food. So if you're out in Queens, um, especially, you know, when the clocks change and I'm up to Shabbos, the lines are out the door there in Fresh Meadows, I believe. Yeah, you can look them up online. And the Five Towns has got a new restaurant. We saw it, you know, we had the uh, Sandy couple, I should say almost, Nine months ago, ten months ago, can't believe it's been a year, um, almost a year, and um, part of the five towns uh, lost a lot of stores. Besides people losing homes, they lost a lot of stores. And we had uh, two, uh, we had a big kosher restaurant. Um, it's called, it was uh, on Rockaway Turnpike. That whole area is really flooded, so um, the, the the pizza store there closed down due to the floods. And finally, like we saw in, six months ago, we saw an awning come up, and then we saw like. Four months ago, some constructions worker mo- construction workers move in, and then we saw a Hoover's Grill Express sign go up. Slowly, slowly, that little strip on Rockaway Turnpike and Peninsula Boulevard is now open with two brand-new kosher restaurants. They've got a pizza bagel shop and a Hoover's Grill Express. 
um, which is like shawarma Israeli style food, and they are really delicious. I've eaten at the uh, Hoover's Grill on Mill Road and Peninsula. That's delicious. Also, uh, fresh Israeli food, um, Mediterranean cuisine. So definitely uh, very exciting that we've got those open, so people should go check those out and support them. So uh, that's it for now for our food news. Um, just a little food challenge I'm putting out there. This show is going to be uh, dedicated to Rosh Hashanah and all the exciting uh, foods that we can eat and, and prepare. I have a uh, Pagit Rabag. Uh, she's a, oh, I'm going to give you a bit about her bio. She's uh, the Robertson of my shul, Seabay uh, Congregation, Beisafran Yitzhak, but also a beloved teacher at SKA. She's going to be joining me in a couple of minutes, along with Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and More. And we're all going to be talking about simanim and shechianos and fruits and all exciting things that we can prepare for this simanim. Um, but, I, you know, if there's something that we don't know about, please share it with us. A, an interesting an interesting family minhag for Rosh Hashanah. I love to hear about different traditions that people have from across the world, um, from across, you know, all the different mesorahs from all kinds of Jewish uh, backgrounds. So please um, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And uh We'll see if we can get that on the air next week. We got one more show before Rosh Hashanah, so uh, next Friday. So uh, try to send that in, and so I can share it with everyone because you know we're here about spreading the love of food. So I'm going to introduce Pagit Rabag. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks. It's it's you know I know it's hard to get out, especially you know on a you know on a time between kids and camp. And, and school starting, like, my house is crazy. <laughs> Mine too, but it's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so for coming in. So, you know, Pagit and I were talking, um, I think it was last year, I don't know if you remember this, you told me about um, that you have a whole setter of simanim that you and the rabbi do. And yeah, we, um, we look forward to Rosh Hashanah because... My kids, they already know that Rosh Hashanah is not just about, you know, going to shul, which obviously is, you know, something that, you know, hearing the shofar and all that that they learn about, but that they know that both on the first and second night of Rosh Hashanah, we're going to have an exciting mini Seder almost, you know, just going through all the different simanim and eating these special foods that they really look forward to eating on Rosh Hashanah, not just because of the foods themselves, but also because of the things that they symbolize and just talking about what those things mean to them and how they're going to think about those things during the year. So it just becomes very important and symbolic, and it just makes Rosh Hashanah so much more meaningful for my children especially. That's very nice because, you know, we, we kids remember like Pesach a lot and what they did for Pesach, and, you know, that's always very symbolic, and we have a lot of, you know, of course, symbolism in the Pesach Seder, but now there's actually Rosh Hashanah Seders are becoming... Exactly. It just becomes something to look forward to, something for the kids really to remember and just to, you know, get them excited about the Chag. Right. You don't want to just think about sitting and shul the whole time. You want to experience the food as well for the Chagim, which is so much part of our davening. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get down to the Simanim. Let's talk about how you, not so much the actual Simanim and the Yihirats on now, but let's talk about how you, Pagit Rabag, uh, prepares it because you told me like you do some really cool things. Okay, so I have to tell you that the first couple of years when I, you know, approached this task and, you know, there's a lot of different foods that we're going to serve and I would have everything set up in the kitchen and one by one my husband would, you know, announce the next uh, siman and we would bring in, okay, you know, the leeks, like we'll talk about the dates, the squash, all the different things. But it just, number one, took a long time and number two, I was using hundreds of plates, you know, right. for each one, another right. plate, another plate. And um, I decided that there had to be a nicer way and a, I guess, more efficient way of presenting it. 
So I went on a search looking for something that I could, you know, put out all the different simanim on and just bring them out and kind of have it on the table already. So it's also something that, you know, it's kind of a nice focal point for the table. Like, and a, like a centerpiece. Almost like a centerpiece, although I make them individual. So they have today so many different types of little compartmentalized dishes and plates and, you know, I just... Serving pieces. Serving right. pieces and even just in, you know, plastic that looks so pretty and you can really prepare all the different simanim, you know, on these different little compartments, bring them out to the table and they're sitting there, you know, the kids see them all in front of them and one by one we go through them, but it just saves a lot of time and it just makes it pretty and, you know, it's all in front of everyone ready to go. So you find like they're like... Seven, eight, or nine, depending on your family minhag simanim. So you find like a, a mini platter with like little dividers or sections, and you put each siman in a different. Exactly. And every person has their own. Everybody has their own private little like uh, seder plate, almost. You know, with I the simanim. I love it. Yeah, I love it. That is so cool. I know the paper place for the five towners. Um, the paper placed on. Uh, Willow Willow Avenue, uh, Willow Street, I think, you know. Yeah, they have great they stuff. They have great stuff. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm not so familiar with, you know, Teaneck or Brooklyn or Queens or Paperific, I'm sure, in Brooklyn. Yeah, even Amazing, amazing savings. savings, I'm sure, all over the place, Monsi. And a lot of the new kosher supermarkets that are popping up all over the place have a nice paper goods section. Um, I know Gourmet Glad does as well. So, you know, just look out for something really cool and funky. Yeah, you can have, you know, each one in a little bit of a different shape or you can just have one thing that's already, you know, sectioned off into squares. There's so many different choices, but it really makes it fun and exciting and pretty and it's on the table and it's something to look at and kind of just, you know, gives the whole uh, theme of Rosh Hashanah going right away. Right. I've never done the Simanim and I've always kind of really wanted to do it, but I kind of, you know, was overwhelmed, you know, preparing for Yontif and having guests and, I, I you know, I, it wasn't so much a minhag in my I guess in either one of mine or my husband's family. So, you know, I really wanted to try it out. So, so, uh, okay, this is the year. You're this is do the it. year. I'm really excited and I'll share my experiences with you after Rosh Hashanah on how it went. But I, you know, of course, I'd love to hear everybody's experiences too and what they did and what they liked and what they didn't like. And, and, uh, you know, what was it, what was fab and what was not maybe so fab. Um, so, you know, you will all get back to me as well at Naomi at NahumSiegel.com and we'll all have, as I always say, it's a conversation. You know, you hear me, but I like to hear back from you. So um, let's talk about, I guess, number one siman, which is apples and honey. We should play it. apples and honey. What, dip the apple in the honey? Okay, I won't sing. I don't have a good voice. <laughs> oh, kick me off the air. Okay, well, definitely apples and honey. You know, everybody, I think, even if you don't do the simanim, that's pretty universal. And, of course, the kids learn about it, and it's exciting. And um, I just think that, you know, if you're going to start with the apples and honey, which is the first one, you're already setting the tone for a lot of the upcoming simanim, which is the emphasis of, you know, having a sweet new year. You know, you dip the apple in the honey and you say the hiratzon, shetachadesh aleinu shana tova mituka. And that's really what it's all about. You know, we're sitting there in Rosh Hashanah and we're just thinking ahead about this year and we just want it to be sweet. You know, we want it to be sweet as honey. And um, there's many ways you could do it. You know, you could just peel the apple and section it off and, you know, give it out to everyone. Right. I'm, I make an app. I buy different multicolored apples and I put them like in a centerpiece in the middle of the table and have honey straws sticking out of it. That, nope. You know, they're not for eating. That's just for looking pretty and we eat them up afterwards. Yeah, I think the honey is what gets everyone um, a little nervous because it can get really sticky and all sticky over the tablecloth. Yeah. And then you have to look at it the rest of the time. But I love if you have any type of individual, again, going back to that same individual compartmentalized plate, mm-hmm. even a little, you know, thing that you fill with honey and that's everybody's plate and they could dip it themselves. The mm-hmm. kids like dipping it. Some kids like a lot of honey, some like a little, you know, yeah. this way they all get to choose. 
Um, and I know for myself, I happen to be allergic to apples. Um, so, right. you know, either you could just take another piece of challah because we dip the challah in the honey and just dip the challah again and say the own. Or I personally, I can eat cooked apples. So I actually cook an apple and kind of just take the cooked apple and dip it in honey. Can you um, use mango or something? I love that. Why not? Right. Instead yeah. of an apple, if you're allergic to apples, you can either cook the apples. And if you can't eat cooked apples, we could maybe try a piece of mango because it kind of like if you would, you know, carve out a slice of a mango. Could cut, right? High fresh I'm listening to some more. I'm listening to this because Chaya. my son's also allergic to apples and we used to just do something that looked like an apple. We'd do like a pear. And so he would dip the pear in the right. honey and that was... That was his It's thing. amazing. Like there, there were there are four of us in this studio right now. Are you allergic to fruit, <laughs> Avrami? I'm not allergic. I'm just I'm actually not a big fan of honey. So I really just eat the littlest <laughs> little drip just to be okay. I was Yotze the thing, and and that's it. I'm not a big fan of honey. Sorry. Your apple and chocolate. Oh, apple and chocolate. Oh, I like that. Don't Milk. tell my kids though, because then they're gonna only want to do that. <laughs> It'll be fondue. Yes, yeah, so look, four of us in here, and two are allergic to apple. You know, two people got apple allergies. So that's really interesting. Um, okay, so then there are all different kinds of apples. Um, my kid's favorite apple is actually called a grapple apple. It's a cross. It smells like a grape and tastes like a grape, but looks like an apple. It's an apple that smells like and tastes like a grape. It's very cool. They only come out like early fall. So definitely, um, look out for grapples. There's also honey crisp and Fuji and gala, which are absolutely delicious, um, eating apples. And then I guess you've got the baking apples, which are Golden Delicious, Granny Smith, Cortland, and Macintosh. So you've got more of an eating apple and you've got more of the baking apple, but of course you can mix them all up as you please. So um, I, I think we were talking about doing like little cran apples, which are really cute with a honey stick. You can right, you can put on each pl- uh, an appetizer plate for every anyone. That's cute. You can maybe do that for the little kids. We use actually a honey bear. Oh. Cute. Yeah, because we don't. I don't like the the mess that honey makes, and my husband right like over. doesn't like the honey dripping all over the tablecloth. So um, we use a honey bear. You squeeze it on. My mother wanted to buy us an apple dish for our twentieth wedding anniversary. I'm like, no, mum, I don't want one. We like the honey bear. Two dollars fifty. When you're done, you throw it out. You do the bear too, or anything squeezed. And he's so cute, the bear. <laughs> a little bear at the table. So so um yeah, and, you know. Naomi, uh, what about those um, flavored honeys? I don't know. Now I'm seeing in all the supermarkets by us, all these different flavored, flavored honeys. honeys. Yum, delicious. Yeah, those are good. We there, have to try those out. There are very funky ones, and you can get funky honey straws at O'Nuts. So I know there's O'Nuts in so many different um, kosher neighborhoods, in Jewish neighborhoods, um, Brooklyn and Five Towns, Monsey. I'm sure there's another one or two out there. So, um, yeah, get the funky honey straws. Like they're really – I once saw like peppermint honey straws, like very cool. So um, – there's lots of apple paraphernalia this, that's been sold this time of the year also because it's apple season. So a lot of the companies that make dishes and um, housewares make really cool. I have a huge box in my attic. It's called my Rosh Hashanah box. And it's got apple dish towels. And that, that's what we use for like your diem and, and little apple-shaped pie pans. And that's what I make, you know, the apple kugel in. So we get a little carried away with apples. No, I think it's these little things, these little details that make it fun and exciting and make the kids want to participate. Right, it's so important. Spell, right? For sure. <laughs> okay, so we've got our we've we've covered our apples. Um and you know, don't forget, I don't know if you can get them, but you can also maybe do caramel apples. You know, apples dipped in caramel and apples dipped in toffee. Is that what you call them in America? I don't know what you call them. What are these apples and they're dipped in the red sugar? You candy candy apples. apples. Okay, we call them toffee apples in Australia. They kind of break your teeth, but they're cool apples to do also. Um, 
you know, if you're looking for more apple plays. Yeah, maybe we'll save that for the dessert. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If you eat or you get through all the simanim and all the meal, then we, then we can move on. All right. So let's move on to our second. We've covered our apples and our honey. Now let's move on to our second. Okay. So we, um, as our second siman, we eat dates. Um, dates in Hebrew, um, is, um, tamar. And like I said, all the simanim are really symbolic, and it's really like a play on words a lot of the time. So since dates are tamar, the hiyiratzon that we say is, yihiratzon melfanecha, Hashem alokeinu velokei avaseinu, sheyitamu oiveinu v'soneinu v'chol mevakshay ra'ateinu. So again, the word yitamu, right, It's it sounds similar to tamar. And what we're really saying is that we want an end to all our enemies, that anyone that's out there that's, you know, an enemy of the Jews, an enemy of our people, anybody, that all en- all of the, our enemies, there should be an end to them, there should be no animosity. And basically it's really a wish for the year that we should have a peaceful year, that we shouldn't have anybody bothering us. And the Tamar, because of the similarity in the name, is um, symbolic of that. So we eat a date to represent that idea. Okay, and if we want to, like, might not want to eat dates, Right, a kid might not like to eat a date. Um, we could turn it into, say, date muffins, right? Oh, that sounds great! I love date. <laughs> I was muffins. looking. I was. I was looking into uh, some different recipes, you know, preparing, and I, I saw one for date muffins. So, um, and there's also a great booklet I picked up at my local local Judaica store. It's called Apples and Pomegranates: A Family Seder for Rosh Hashanah by Rahel Musaleh. Um, so I got that in Judaica Plus in the five towns, um, and it's just a really nice book with explanations about the um, seder for Rosh Hashanah and the simanim. So um, I think there's also a date res- date muffin recipe in that, but there's many, many online. Um, if somebody would like me to look one up for them, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, so a nice a nice date recipe or um, how do you make date sorbet? I don't make dates for a baby, but I think the other option is some people like fresh dates, some people like dried dates. So a child who right. might not like one variety or style of it, you know, they can, like you said, cook them, they can eat them dry, they can eat them I forgot fresh. about the dried date thing. Yeah, right. we do we do dried. Okay. <laughs> it goes in our house. <laughs> okay, great. So that's, that's, um, that's number two. So let's move on to number three. Okay, so the next thing... This um, was hard. <laughs> I tried doing a lot of research on this yeah, one. Yeah, this is the one that uh, causes, I guess, the most, I don't know, confusion or questions. But um, the next thing that we eat at our mini Seder is um, we actually have something called snake squash. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they're these... They look like um, it looks, a zucchini in ten times, you know, in, in huge. It looks like a snake, but it's a zucchini. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, Kakuza, the Kakuza one they sell in, in yeah, hi, you the might Kakuza know long one they sell in Gourmet. Have you ever made one? Yeah. It's, a, dif- it's a different, there are so many varieties of, of summer squash. Um, it's a little bit more on the starchy side. I like to stick with my basic green squash when I'm doing anything with them, but it's a fun thing. It's good, I think, um, probably grilled with a little bit of olive oil and pepper. That's the easiest way because cooking them, they get too mushy inside. Right. They're definitely um, not as dense, you know, as a zucchini. But you can also, people use any kind of, like you said, squash or even pumpkins. Um, all of those are from the same family. And really, they all they all are what is called a kra. And the reason that we eat them, again, the hiratzon that we say when we eat you know, when you eat this food, whether it's the squash or the pumpkin or the gourd or whatever you're using, is Yihiratzomelfanecha Hashem Alokenu Velokeo Vasenu, Shatikra Roagzar Dinenu, 
Vayikaru lefanecha zechuyatenu. So actually, this is interesting because we're getting to like two word plays in one. Right, right. <laughs> we're, 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 you know, getting two, two yiratzas, two symbolic things. Um, kra, which is this family, could either mean, you know, depending how it's spelled, if you spell it with an aleph or an ayin. So, if you spell it with an ayin, then it means to tear, right? To tear something. So we first say that we should tear up, you know, any bad decree that there might be should be torn up. And that we should be basically left with the good decree. And therefore we say kra with an aleph, which means to call out. God should tear up our bad decree and call out or proclaim our good, you know, merits. So that all we're left with is the good merits and, you know, anything bad would be, you know, discarded. Um, so again, a very symbolic um, meaning. You know, you eat the squash and you could think of, you know, just the importance of Rosh Hashanah, how we're trying to kind of just focus in on all the good things that we've done and that we, you know, plan on doing again, something very important to discuss with the kids and just a way of bringing it in through the food. Um, so that's how we eat Right, the so we can use like zucchinis? We make zucchini souffle in our family, like little kugelettes of zucchini kugel or souffle. Right, zucchini muffins or... Ratatouille. Yum. <laughs> I'm a big fan of ratatouille. Ratatouille is great. And ratatouille, you could even combine, you know, do a little bit of the yellow squash, green squash, and the stink squash, and you get them all in there. Even oh, throw they, in some pumpkin. There we you can go. You get can, everyone happy. We've got, we've got it all. It's we've all got a, uh, a multicultural uh, <laughs> zucchini uh, ratatouille going on there. Okay. So then we move on to green beans. Or what are we? Rubia? Am I saying it right? Yes, rubia, definitely. Rubia. rubia. Again, um, here we have, you know, a variety of things that people use to represent the rubia. Rubia meaning, you know, many. Um, so people use, we personally use black-eyed beans, black-eyed peas. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's black-eyed bean, peas, black-eyed peas. Or black am I confusing peas. it? Black-eyed peas, yeah. Black-eyed peas. I know there's some sort of music band or something, black-eyed peas. <laughs> Never, never heard of them. Um, black-eyed peas, green beans, um, anything really, again, um, that's known as rubia. And rubia means more. And, again, we're talking about having more skuyot, more merit, more good things, you know, and just that God should really reward us more. And that's, again, the significance of eating um, the vegetable that's called rubia. Just we want to have a lot of merits. But isn't that what they use carrots for in Europe or something? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's Yiddish. I know my mother used to call it merin. Right, exactly. Carrots happens to be, you know, like you said, the apple and honey. I think the next most popular or most, you know, even people who don't do all the simanim, they, everyone seems to have something called simis. Simis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never tasted simis that I really loved, but I'm sure there's yeah, a recipe. Yeah, I don't love carrots. We yeah. do carrot dill soup. We have we, our simanim are throughout the meal because we won't eat simis either. Right. <laughs> so we have the black-eyed peas, and then we also eat the carrots. The carrots, I think came about because probably there weren't green beans or black-eyed peas um, available. So they kind of substituted something that in Yiddish, carrot means marin, which means more, which is the same as rubia. And therefore, they just use that in place. And again, the same idea that we should have more merit and more skuyot, um recognized on this day. So again, the whole idea of the simanim, you know, people even make up their own simanim. All right. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> We've had some really funny ones while we're both looking into this. Okay, tell them the celery one. Okay, so I've heard this. Um, I don't know if it's actually done or it's just a joke, but people say that, you know, you eat a raisin and a celery, and it's to have a raise in salary. 
Um, <laughs> to have a little more pranasa. Very, very cute. <laughs> Listen, once you're doing it, you know, there's no Get harm. There's something away. to do, right? There's something to be said for doing the minhagen that right. are established, but you can always add something that's meaningful to you or becomes a family thing. Um, I know when people eat dates, you know, if they're dating, they say that we should have a lot of dates or not so many dates or whatever <laughs> they want for that year. Um, what other ones have I heard of? Very cute. I, I like when people get passionate about some of these ideas and they come up with these crazy things. Yeah, just about being creative and fun and doing something that's, you know, meaningful to your family, I think. That's what makes it fun. Right. Well, this is one of my favorite ones because I love leeks. I love leeks. So, um, okay, what do we call it? Karate? Yeah, so leek is also one of my favorite ones. Um, again, people do do different things like scallions or chives. Anything that's part of this family, you know, of a leek, scallion, or chives is called karti. And again, the wordplay, um, karti sounds like yikartu. Okay, and going back to, we've seen this idea again and again, but this idea of yikartu sonenu, we say, um, Hashem yikartu um, again, that God should make sure that all of our enemies are cut off, that, you know, without any enemies, we'd be much better off and, you know, that we could have just peace and friendship. And, you know, that's really why we're eating the leek to represent that. Okay, so I, I, I love onions. I love leeks. I love chives. I like all that stuff with that has that little bite in it, red onions, white onions. Um, so I think leek is like that secret ingredient you put into anything. Nobody really knows what it is, but it gives it, gives it like it a that flavor. flavor. When you put leeks into a chicken soup, oh, man. You know, the only reason why you don't do it so often is because it's very dirty. You have to like, you cut off. Yeah, tell like, us the right way to clean Okay, it. so let's talk about leeks. Okay, leek comes if everyone wants to go to their computers now while they're listening or if they're in front of listening to the show on NachumSiegel.com. You can minimize the screen. And uh, go to Google and do uh, leaks and then go to images. Is everyone doing that? Okay, good. Okay, now you have a big, nice leak. It's dark green on the top and white at the bottom. It's also, it looks very similar to a scallion, just it's in a big. a giant scallion. So I, you cut off your enemies, meaning the dark green part. And then I cut off the, you know, the furry tip that was the root. I cut a little bit of that off. So you're left with a decent size, maybe sometimes a half a foot or a foot, depends on the leak. That would be a very big leak a foot, right? Um, so a half a foot of like a white cylinder. And then I split mine in half and it's going to be literally have sand in it. And you're going to freak out, but it's especially if you've never seen it before. Because usually when you get to the supermarket, most of the sand is washed off our fruits and vegetables. You have to really like dig deep to find some of that stuff. But remember, leeks are really buried in the ground, really hadama. So I soak them in cold water. And for some reason, that scientifically brings all the schmutz up uh, and separates it out. It falls to the bottom and your leeks are fanned out. Uh, um, the leeks will uh, curl a little bit, especially if the water is very cold. Um, and then, you know, it kind of, you let that soak for a little bit, then you pull it apart and then you run each piece of the leek under uh, cold water. But leeks are fabulous. Potato leek soup would be a great little. You could actually do that in a little shot glass because you can eat potato leek soup. It's actually called vichyssoise in French. And you can eat that cold or room temperature. A little vichyssoise and a little mini shot glass as one of your simanim, right? Yeah, that would be so much fun. A little different. I happen to just love them. I fry them up in some olive oil, put some salt and pepper and drizzle a little honey so that we stay with the whole sweet Sweet theme. theme. Um, And they're just delicious. They're just so good. You know, you don't even... 
um, put them in a little bit of flour and thrown. Yeah, in. we did that last year. We battered it <laughs> some plain, and then we also had the potato leek soup. We put that on like top a little bit, so you had the fried with the <gasps> non-fried. It was very oh, I'm good. Definitely <laughs> trying that. Okay, this, year. <laughs> we, this was a collaborative effort here right now. Okay, so you know, then uh, Baltimore, where Rami's from, and. Uh, me and Paget were in Woodmere, and hi, maybe far rock away, you're gonna have the potato leek. We do, we do with leek, a little frizzle pinwheels. We do like with paint puff pastry dough. We chop up some leeks and onions and and different mushrooms, and then we like kind of roll them like a deli roll, but with leeks. And we serve like little mini. I leekles. love it. I love it. All these great ideas. Come on, calories. tell me what you're doing, people. Send me an email, and I'd love to hear and share. Okay, so we've got the the leeks, and I know there's braised leeks also. I've seen a lot of recipes for braised leek, so um, we can yeah. look that up as well. And just well. a cute thing also that I know people say when they eat leek, they say we should have good luck next year. You know, leek just, luck. Okay. Just a cute little okay. English play on words I like there. All, I like all the puns. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's get on to our spinach, which is, right? Isn't spinach one of them? Yes. It's spinach is, yes, yeah, selak, silka. That is um, the next one of the simanim. So, again, the spinach... Um, the hiratzon that we say that you know it's, when we eat the spinach is hiratzon melfanecha Hashem alokenu velokei avotenu sheistalku oivenu umastinenu. Again, the same. Um, we're continuing with you know getting rid of our enemies that we should have no enemies, um, that we should really basically be enemy free, and that you know we should have lots of friends of the Jewish nation, peace, and no one that's against us. Okay, so we can do with that easy spinach salad, chopped up. Uh, cream of spinach, right? Spinach yeah, soup. spinach patties are spinach delicious. Yeah, um, so Can't many things you spinach. could do with spinach. Yes, Popeye had a good thing going there. Right, and I think that you had mentioned this idea of doing like a spinach salad, even with like a pomegranate dressing. Yeah, on pomegranate it. dressing. That yeah, I'm going to be... put that on my website, um, on, onto my blog. I, I may already have it, but I'm going to repost that uh, to the AussieGourmet.com. Um, a great pomegranate vinaigrette, less the vinegar, because you know some people do not eat vinegar on. Uh, on Rosh Hashanah, so, but the tartness of the pomegranate and the sweetness of it at the same time gives it the sugar and the um, acidic that a traditional vinaigrette uses. So, um, yeah, so that's a really cute little idea, combining two of the simanim. And then we're going on to now the fish head. The fish head. <laughs> or, or the sheep's head, or both. Yeah, some people definitely do both. I can't. We've never done the sheep's head yet. Every year we say next year, so maybe this year. Um, yeah, where do we get a sheep's head? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they must be out there somewhere. There's places in Borough Park. I saw. I used to go shopping with my grandfather. They'd have in the meat section a whole bunch of them. They're actually quite. Sm- they're not that big, so I'm sure if you go somewhere looking in Borough Park and a lot of the meat stores, I believe they have it. Okay. Okay. Great road trip to Borough Park. <laughs> Befriend a shepherd. Befriend a shepherd. Yes, I know quite a few. <laughs> um, but can they, can you use like regular lamb? Listen, the idea again, it's right, all once symbolic. Again, it's symbolic. And symbolic. I think you do. Lamb stew, yum. Yeah, Susie Fishbein has a great one. Okay, we'll try that. Um, the idea of the fish is twofold. So, you know, when you do a head of a lamb, um, you want, you say that he wrote on that you should be to the, you should be like a head and not a tail. That we want to be ahead of the game. We want to be in the front. We want to be, you know, we want to do well and whatever, succeed in whatever we try. And that's the idea of eating the head. So that's why some people do, you know, the head of the sheep. Some people do the head of the fish because, you know, they don't want a head of a sheep sitting, staring at them. Um, or the head of a fish. Right. At them. Well, the head of the fish is, I think, a little, a little easier to <laughs> digest. Um, and then the fish also has an added, um, symbolism to it that just fish are known to be very, um, 
They multiply a lot, and we also say that when we say that you brought some for the fish, that our nation should be very fruitful and multiply and, you know, keep growing. So that's the idea between the fish. I personally use um, the head of a salmon. It's quite a nice size, and you yeah. could actually get some fish out of the head. And, and you know, and it's very sweet it. um, and tasty, the, the fish from the fish head. I know my mother loves it. My mother actually stuffs the head of the fish with gefilte, mm. um, with, you know, some patties. She makes hers from scratch. Yay, Mum. Um, and she puts that into a salmon head, and then she boils that, and then they eat that. And apparently, they just love it. I really don't go for that. In my family, we actually buy jujus, you know, those um, – jelly fishes, literally, um, and we cut the heads off them and we put them as asimanim because my family cannot have a live animal at the table. Oh, my so. family, they're all fighting who gets behind the eye, who gets behind the brain, you know, depending really? what, so yeah, cool. you know, what they think it represents there. Okay, wow. So so we are going to be the head of the year. We should be ahead of the game. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, most families do have some sort of head of something on the table. Okay, the last one is? Pomegranate, Rimonim. So um, why don't you tell us about the mitzvah there or the Yehiratzon for that? And then I just want to tell you uh, a little bit of research that I've done on the pomegranate. Okay, so it's a, the Yehiratzon is Sheyirbu Zechuyotenu Karimon. We end off the Simanim that we want to have so many merits. Again, like we've said throughout the Simanim that really what's important is to get as many, you know, checks on our list right now. And we're telling God, you know, here we're eating a Rimon, which is full of these seeds, you know, some people say if you count them up, you get 613. Um, but definitely lots and lots of seeds, and we want that our merits and our zuchuyot should equal, you know, that number of, you know, remote, those seeds, just as much as, you know, there are seeds in a remon, we should have that many and more. Mitzvot. Um, mitzvot, yeah. Way more, way more mitzvot than 613 we should get, but, you know. For sure. It's just symbol, symbolism for a lot of mitzvahs. Yeah, just that we want, you know, that we want to – keep doing mitzvot. We want to, you know, have a year full of mitzvot. We want a year full of good things that God could judge us favorably on. Our family's favorite fruit, I would say, is rimonim. They look forward to the first rimon coming to the to the supermarket, to the table, um, and, and it's like a very exciting, I mean, pomegranate juice has become, you know, a big buzzword in the big wide world out there and, and um, healthy and antioxidants and all that kind of stuff. So we really like, you know, uh, try to Eat as much pomegranate as we come when it's fresh and in season. Um, I kind of did a little bit of research because, you know, pomegranate, it's expensive to buy the little pre, you know, measured out one, you know, in the package. The one package. that's already seeded out Breeded for you. Seeded out, seeded. It's, you know, 5 $6 for a little one. I hear there's some tricks that you can do right, it on your so own. Right, so I got some tricks. I looked up some tricks. So um, when I was in Israel three years ago, I actually bought a pomegranate cedar. It's this cool little dish with, a, like, a thing on top that sits in it. Um, and you cut it in half and you press it and the... The, the seeds fall out the bottom. Yeah, it's very cool. i got to see if I can find it. Um, but also, if you cut in half and you just leave it in cold water, Chaya, can you maybe chime in here? I'm making faces here. I'm uh, going, well, that's not how we do it. Okay, let's no. hear. Let's, let me give Chaya a big welcome. Um, she, she's uh, piped up a little bit during our show because we love to hear her. But um, this is Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and More in Far Rockaway. She's an unbelievable person. We have known. I have known her for Highs at more than 21 years. Mm-hmm. We went to Toro together back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chaya knows so much, of very uh, knowledgeable in a lot of things, but of course her business uh, is Fruits with her husband Eliyahu and really both 
Hi, thank you for coming. But, um, you know, for Eliyahu, a big thank you to letting you come out to me. Thank you. <laughs> Today. <laughs> thank you for, like, letting me leave the house while all the kids are off from camp and haven't started school yet. So. Yeah, yeah, we should, like, road trip. <laughs> thank you, Naomi, exactly. Um, so, yeah, pomegranates are definitely, um, I was there at Israel a few years ago, and we saw them as they were beginning to blossom on the trees. And I'm thinking now that Rosh Hashanah is starting so early this year. What's happening in Israel? Everyone's davening for their children in school. And I'm thinking, Hashem, please let them all ripen in time for Rosh Hashanah <laughs> because it really is an, an early, early season. But you, to answer your question about how to properly, um, how to properly de-seed them, um, basically it's a matter of like making, let's say, one or two cuts in the pomegranate and using and the easiest thing, if you don't have a tool or some sort of cute gadget, just hitting the back of the pomegranate on the skin side with a, a hard spoon. And That's they it. kind of drop out into a, into a bowl. And the, the, water, the water idea, I've, I know I've tried that. I find that it takes a lot of the good juice out. A lot of the pomegranate right, juice that's a really good point. gets yeah. lost. It's good because it filters out all the white pith that's there. But um, when you hit it from the back and um, you don't hit it, you know, a little bit too hard because then sometimes some of the, the seeds parts and they break off a little bit and there's too much pith that goes into it. But, you know, on the one hand, they are expensive. We actually we do sell the containers, but dry cleaning is a lot more expensive, and it is such a mess. A good idea is also to take it and do it in a plastic garbage bag, like a clear plastic garbage bag, so you can see what you're doing. So you do it in the bag so all the seeds come out. And all the juice And all stays. the juice stays there far away from you. Okay, yeah, really good point. I'd have to check into that gadget because... It's, it was very cool from Israel. Like, it was very cool. I'll... I'll I've know. seen it. I think maybe they sell it in the buzz. I, I, I think it's something they sell in Brooklyn. I, maybe. It was something I bought so simply in like a little store in, in Israel, in Yushalayim, and I, I just don't remember. I should have bought more. Right. <laughs> but, but um, you know, when I was researching a little bit, so they were saying like, how do you tell if a pomegranate is a good one? They said it should be by weight. Right. Because if it's heavy, it's full of juice and good juice. So oh, Right. A lot of good fruits are by weight. When they're heavy, you know that they're well ripened too. Oh, okay. Great. So that goes beyond the pomegranate. Exactly. Um, okay, great. So let's talk about, you know, we've spoken about um, all the uh, all the simanim. Let's talk about the other part of the seder, which is very uh, important too, is the shechianu. The shechianu. So who who else would I have besides, you know, you, Chaya, to come in and do an, uh, a fruit talk with us? The fruit talk, especially well, this time of year. Especially this time of the year, funky fruits and so, funky sorbets that you make with funky fruits. Right. So So it's so funny because... Again, my husband called me last week from the fruit store. He was picking up actually some milk, but he happened to be at the fruit store, and he <laughs> calls me up in this panic. I saw a dragon fruit, and I think I started crying. You saw a dragon fruit? I'm not ready for the dragon fruit yet because <laughs> it can only mean one thing. It means shechianers are coming out. And just like your esrog is worth so much before sukkahs, those crazy shechianos are worth so much before you know Rosh Hashanah, the shechianos come out, and then as soon as Yantiv is over, you're like, what do I do with my leftover kiwano melon? Like, you really have to know the timing of what's going to ripen in time, and also what's going to um, be available. Some things just not might not be available and this time is, of year. Is, as we said, I mean, we touched on it a second ago, but. What's our rule of thumb for know if it's ripening? Wait for it, like most of the fruit. There are so many fruits when it comes when it comes to the shechianos that you really have to know your fruits. It, it's a matter of 
I mean, we know them because we've done them for years. So we can look at a lychee and say this looks like it's a little bit under, you know, underripe. Or we can look at the passion fruit. People get passion fruits and they're all excited and they show me this perfect globe. And I'm like, that's not ripe. No, but it's so pretty. And they show me this other one that's all shriveled up. And they're like, look at this one. And I'm like, that's That's the ripe one. (laughs) Passion fruit's so cheap in Australia. And when I showed my mom a passion fruit here the other week and it was $6 for one, she like nearly plucked. Right. And you think you're getting so much because they're so big and beautiful when they come out, you know, from the distributor but you have to I have to time when I'm ordering them so that they ripen when I put them in my baskets I want my customers to get them ripe already why aren't they readily available the whole year or or at least when they're in season we don't see them it's a culture I mean when we have passion fruits there's they're a little bit tart it's a taste it's you know it's it's hard to clean you get a green goop coming out with all the seeds and you people eat that. You eat, eat that, that with a spoon. Right. And people what have what they're culturally used to. There's a mame, which is a very popular fruit in, in a lot of the South American countries. And here, mame is kind of like a pink avocado with like a brown skin on the outside. It looks like a big avocado, but it has brown skin instead of green. And the flesh is like a very soft... Um, Pink I've and never very seen bland. It. And my, my, someone was at my house and said, Oh, Mame, she's all excited. And I'm like, You want this? You can have my Mame. It's a Mame Sapota. It's the same family. What does it taste like? It's like a bland, sort, sort of sweet um, avocado. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of not just what fruits are good or what, you know, are not good. It's what your tastes are and culturally um, what you want to serve to your ta- at your table. Wow. And, and what about the dragon fruit? What does that taste like? Also, I mean, the dragon fruit is beautiful on the outside. And when we sell the shechianas, we don't sell them prepared and cut. We do them whole because we want them to really um, ripen to the last minute. What do you mean we do the shechianas? Well, for people, people, for cl- people, your clients? Yeah, people oh. order the shechianas from us. So we sell them either in a basket or in a bowl or on a platter. But oh, I all like that. whole, all oh. whole. Because we want them to cut them right before they serve them, you know, not to be... They get they, they they go very badly very quickly. The star fruit will get brown if you cut it earlier. And we love star fruit. The lychees you can't really cut them because you have to peel them. Lychees is very a personal thing. You either love them or you hate them. Right, right. The eyeball fruit. And when <laughs> that's so fun. Never heard it called that before. When does one need to order from you? Like if you were like listening to my show, our show today, and you're at home and you're like, oh, hi, Freshman's on table for two. Uh, we need to get our acts together. When should they call? Like right now? So well, I, I put in my order with my distributor to reserve a certain number of cases of each of the at least 15, 20 different fruits that we order. But um, they're not going to be coming in till right before Rosh Hashanah, especially this year, because we want them to be a little riper. riper and just we don't want to house all those cases of fruit so close to the end <laughs> okay so I mean you probably only take on a certain amount of orders yeah I mean people like it in baskets some people just order by the piece I'm happy to sell them by the piece or they order them in like a gift bowls or gift baskets to people but um such a great idea I know right? I love it Shechiano fruit. fruit I Shechiano love fruit. it but it's a funny thing is the question I get every single year is which Shechiano which taste good and I tell them when do we eat them once a year why because you're not used to the, you're not used to the taste and we love them. My, we have this is like you talked about your seder. Palgit talked about the seder that they make the first night of the semanim. We have a couple across the street, um, um, Yeti and Alter Katz, good friend of ours. That every single year we have like a kavuadik thing. We have a shechianu meal, like a. a it's like a gorging of shechianos. My husband takes an 18 by 18 inch. Everyone, take out your tape measures. 18 by 18 inch platter of just cut. Has to be like 15, 20, maybe even 25 different fruits because. My friend's husband goes out of his way to find some crazy place to find a shechiano that we don't have. One year he bought me a sugar cane. One year he bought I've me had sugar cane. fresh coconut. And we just, for 
20 minutes just eat Shekhianus. It is quite the party. And the ironic thing is we can't take a picture of it because my husband goes to cut it like he comes home from Shul, everyone's set up, and he's just cutting fruit making Shekhianu, you know, that, potter. That is so cool. You're I all think invited to come have some. Knock on your door. Um, I like the dragon fruit. I think that's really pretty. But the it, dragon fruit is pretty. It doesn't taste as fabulous as it looks. No, it doesn't. And um, we made this year actually a, sh- a dragon fruit sorbet. We wanted to try something funky. And was it good? Was it good? So we added we t- we added lime for a flavor because it is a very bland taste. So the dragon fruit with the lime had a really nice taste to it. It's so funky. It's like white with these little tiny black dots. Like kiwi. Like um, even more dots than kiwi because we we had to kind of like play with it a little to put some. We ch- used a little pomegranate juice too for the color because all those white, those black dots together almost made everything turn like a little bit of a grayish tinge. So ah. we, we added some pomegranate juice for more flavor and pomegranate. And it's a very cool thing to serve at your Rosh Hashanah yeah, meal. Yeah, you could actually do instead of fruits, you could do a pomegranate shechiano. I mean a shechiano, I didn't mean to say pomegranate. You could do a shechiano platter of, of sorbet. Of sorbets, right. Exactly. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I don't know halachically if you can make a racha yeah, right, a but we get a lot of lychee sorbet is one of our biggest. I know, I love it. You gave, you gave me. Some I gave you lychee, right? Oh my god, the lychee sorbet is outstanding. Lychee, passion fruit, pineapple is popular. Um, we made, we already took pre-orders for the pomegranate sabra sorbet, and um, we sold out the first batch already. My husband's working on the second. Okay, and third. I'm going <laughs> to make a reservation for that pomegranate one. Pomegranate sabra. Save me some. It's yes. a gorgeous what color too. What do you mean too. sabra? What do you we, mean? We cactus pear mixed thinking, with pomegranate. Okay, this is what an Australian I am. I'm thinking the alcohol supper. <laughs> Oh, that's an idea. Mixture, coffee liqueur. Right, no, the Sabra cactus fruit, which is beautiful. Makes sense. You were there in Israel in the summer, I think, recently. You see those cacti with all their fruits coming out of them. What a gorgeous fruit. Mixed that color, mixed with the pomegranate. Was just a delicious. Fl- it almost had like a banana flavor to it. The, the sabra in a sorbet. So we added the pomegranate to make it a little bit more um, exotic tasting. But we also have plain boring flavors too. Because plain boring um, flavors like apricot, peach, peach right? yum, they're great. Well, they're great for people who don't want to go as exotic as a sabra. Okay, mm-hmm. and what is? It? Can you make an apple sorbet? We did. Is we that did like it frozen one year. Applesauce? <laughs> yeah, we did it one year. It just the. It's hard to retain the color. It gets brown quickly, and appearance right. Um, right. is important to us. I actually made. Yes, of course. Um, I use some of these. You eat with your eyes. With you, right. The 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 apple sorbet. I if every year if I got a dollar for every person who sent me an email, I found this great recipe for an apple sorbet, and I'm like, thank you so much, but it's just not going to sell. Right. It's a right. lot of. We did, we did Asian pear one year sorbet. That was oh, nice. Oh, that's interesting. That was nice. But the actual fruit didn't have enough flesh to make it, you know, creamy enough. People who are allergic to apples, I'm sorry, I'm jumping back. Are people allergic to apples allergic to Asian pears? Um, when I heard my son was allergic to apples, I heard it wasn't so much the fruit that he was allergic to, but apples, when they're grown, tend to have a lot of pesticides. So a lot of people just are very sensitive to that. Asian pears might be grown and cultivated in different Differently. ways. So because they really remind me of each other. Yeah, yeah, they're crunchy like pears, but they have a taste like apples. My kids can go through a case of those. Thank goodness we have cases lying around. You know, we're <laughs> we're on the Lower East Side. Chinatown is right up the street. Right, you can get crazy funky fruits up there. Also, I don't even know the names of them. Right, there's loquats they have, and um, a lot of lychee also from you can get from the Chinese yeah, um, grocery store. Yeah, fantastic. Where when we used to live down here, we used to get big bags for really cheap. Of it's really lychee. amazing how many fruits there are out there. We're used to our basic standards, you right. know, that apples, we, oranges, yeah, you know, melons. And then when you start thinking about it, just even the fact that they're not, you know, like you said, there's a reason we don't eat them every day. They might not 
be our uh, what we're used to eating. Just the knowledge, and even just you know, again, showing your children that there's all these fruit that look different and taste different, and the colors, and that you know that Hashem created all these right. amazing Ma things. Hashem, just, right, that in itself is amazing. Yeah, such a great lesson for us, Shana, also. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 true. There's so much that we don't appreciate, and you know, kind of I think Rosh Hashanah recenters us, right, for a lot of things. You know, ask for forgiveness. You know, rethink about the whole year, and then you know. Think about Absolutely. new menus. Like everything's like kind of re- gets to be. We get to do it like 2.0 every year, like 3.0. Right. I'm up to 43.0. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year. It's it's just that time of year. <laughs> okay, it's good. I know we feel like a little bit of pressure, but yeah. Baruch Hashem. Okay, so what else have you got for us, Chaya? Um, another thing that the people you know like to get are tamarillos and uh, cape yeah. gooseberries. Which people don't realize, but you know, we say, "Oh, a tomato is a vegetable, but it's really a fruit." Fruit. And uh, and people ask me all the time, "What bracha do you make on the shechanos?" And I always say, "I am not your local Orthodox rabbi. You can speak to Palkit's husband. I'm sure he'll answer you." But um, tamarillos are the same family of tomatoes, and actually, Cape gooseberries are the same family of tomatoes. So if you enjoy those fruits, it's the same um, consistency and texture inside. Um, those are adorable on the platter, like the little. Um, the, the gooseberries have literally like a little cape. They're like the little modest fruit. They're yellow balls. They look like a grape tomato, but they have a like a light papery skin around them. Um, and they're cute. So if someone wants to try just one little shechian, you can just give your kid one right. cave gooseberry and say you could try that. The rambutan, which is like a lychee, but with a really bad hair day. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> they taste just like a lychee. Right. But they're really. I think one I saw in Australia once, once upon a time. I went with my grandmother to the supermarket, and it was. She's like, look at this, because my grandparents used to own a fruit store when I was growing up, and I, I didn't appreciate what they did and wh- what I could have learned from them now growing back. You know, they both passed away, and, and they knew my grandmother knew how to cut fruit and how to prepare fruit and when it was ready, and it was just Thanks. so much I could have learned from her. Uh, but, you know, as a kid, you're not really so into fruit in any case. Right. Um, but she gave, we were once in the supermarket together, and she showed me this, I don't, how do you say it, rambutan? Rambutan. And she, like, she peeled off the... Um, hairy thing and she knew I like lychees and was this lychee underneath I'm like yeah. oh my god it's like a fur coat on a, <laughs> on a lychee <laughs> nut Eliyahu's grandfather actually we found later um, owned a fruit store too and oh. he knew the best way of ripening it was in his trunk he has me say pick up the trunk and there was like a smell of melons throughout the thing that's nice that's nice it's not a bad my parents uh, had a had a uh, business um, uh, um, a wholesale business at one time you know something spilt that wasn't so nice in the car <laughs> smell like fish for a very long time like oh, no. years. um okay so we had the rum, rambutan. rambutan we also have um what's popular is the kiwano melon and one of my husband's rebbe calls it the um the kiwano melon he calls what are the stuff they put in the car oh antifreeze because you open it up and it's this bright green jelly looking um oh, flesh that. inside it's from the it's from the cucumber family so really? again ask your rub about what racha you make on it and the outside it's yellow spikes um, it, it, and it hurts. You have to be careful when you, when you touch them. And inside it, uh, I'm going to show, I, I have wish a we had visuals. I wish we had visuals. That's the Kiwano melon. Horn melon, also known as. Oh, horn melon. Okay. Oh, wow. They are, um, we give, Hi, we, we feel we, bad can for we our. share this around? Absolutely. Can people go to your website to have a um, look at I this? never, I don't know, um, I have to speak to someone technical to oh, do if that. You could, if you but could. anyone who emails me, I'll send them a copy of that, of okay, all yeah. our Shekhianos. Um, if you want, I can post it on my website. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay, this is a list of maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve, uh, fruits. 
with a little picture and an explanation about each of the fruit um, and how to eat it, um, fruit platters and more. Um, and it's um, if you want to reach Chai, I'm going to just throw out her phone number while I'm looking at her sheet. Chai and Eliyahu to place your orders or uh, t- talk to them about this. We'll uh, give you advice. <laughs> great fruit advice and maybe more other advice. Chai right. is very smart. <laughs> 718-471-3223. That's 718-471-3223. Or you can go online, fruitplattersandmore.com. I know I've got this accent. It's not platter, it's platter. So fruitplattersandmore.com. And this we give out this sheet, this information sheet we give to every anyone who orders a basket or a bowl or whatever. We just roll it up in a pretty bow and we hand it out so that people can actually not only just know what they're eating but know how to eat it. I've had people call me up and say, right. I tried to bite into that funny yellow you know, spike thing and it hurt. And I'm like, you're not supposed to bite into that. You're supposed to cut it and scoop out the flesh. There you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really, it's like so interesting. I, I, I love this kind of stuff. You know, it's I love fun. to... Try new foods. Open up, you know, a lot of people like, oh, well, my kids would never eat that. Put it in front of them. Like when, you know, people go, oh, my kids are such picky to eaters. I'm like, when they're young, and that's the key, is putting fruits and vegetables in front of your kids when they come home from school, no bags of chips or popcorn, cut up some cucumbers and carrots and tomatoes and all that and just have it ready for them or fruits or different funky fruits, you know, to... Absolutely. You know, get them to try different things at a very young age. And that way, hopefully, when they're like 8, 9, 10, 11, they're really eating all the good, healthy stuff and they're not picky adults. Right. Well, all of my kids are picky and we're very picky adults. I know. But I was going to say, you probably had all the fruit put out. So, you know, yeah. in theory, it could work. Maybe not always for everyone. Exactly. And if you know you have a fruit allergy to anything, just be careful when you're ordering shachianas to let me know that so that I can maybe guide you to things that tend to have less of an allergic reaction because we don't want an EpiPen <laughs> to be handed out with our fruit platters. Yeah, God forbid. Yeah, chas v'shalom. But yeah, just be careful. A lot of them are very, very exotic and always taste a little bit at a time. Don't like eat too much of one thing at one time um, until you know that you're okay with it. You're not. You know, I think years ago there weren't so many allergies. I never heard of anybody with an allergy growing up. Um, You know, one family friend had a seasonal, you know, tree allergy and that was it. But, you know, when I came to America and, you know, a little bit older and and, and, um, people had, you know, nut allergies and then the fruit allergies and, you know. We get at least, I would say, five orders a week. We are told, please don't put, and I'll put mango, pineapple, kiwi. And what we do is we we have, we call them, you know, the separate tools. And we make a fruit platter just, you know, this knife hasn't touched a kiwi in 24 hours and has been strictly washed. Oh, wow. And I have customers, I I remember, I I can't remember my kids' names, but I remember everyone's allergies. So someone will call me, can you send so-and-so a platter? I'm like, I'm glad you called because she can't have pineapple. (laughs) And then they're happy because they know that, you know, I trust, they trust me to not hurt them <laughs> put their lives on the line exactly thank you wow hi you're amazing with all your knowledge and you know you and eliyahu you uh make beautiful fruit platters sorbets not only that they also make soups right soups and, 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 dips. and dips and dips yeah, yeah. We have to, well, that's a whole show in itself the dips. dips so this week i had in my house a young israeli girl i'm going to give you a big shout out adi adi shalit from hashmonaim um she was a, a madricha, a counselor in Camp Dina, where I was this summer. And before she went back to Israel, she had a couple of days in New York. And I took her to one of my favorite stores uh, in the five towns. I don't know if people know about it. It's called Geffen Gourmet. It's under the Va'ad of the five towns. Pagit, have you heard of it? She's like, yeah, I've heard of it's it. It's on Mill Road on Mill. by Peninsula. They're actually owned by the cousins of the Hoover Grill, who I was talking about at the beginning of the show. They make 
I'm, I'm starving thinking about this now. The best salatim and all the little um, Moroccan cigars and kubes, it's all vegetarian. They're going to start with the hummus bar in a couple of weeks also. They have amazing, amazing uh, Israeli uh, fresh, fresh, fresh falafel and all the salatim. So I took Adzi with me and she goes, you know, Mrs. Nachman, I know how to make this. I said, great. So Sunday night, I sent her to the supermarket. They came back with 10 eggplants. We did everything we possibly could to that eggplant. We salted them and then we fried them and we baked them. My house smelled the next day of fried eggplant so bad. But it's good because it's a delicious taste and good smell. But you wake up in the morning, you don't necessarily want to smell fried eggplant. But it was delicious. We basically had an eggplant party and she taught me how to make the most incredible eggplants. Is there a siman for eggplant, Puggy? You know what? We can try and gonna, come up with our own. We're going to come in, come up with a great eggplant siman. So we learned so, I learned all these amazing ways of uh, making eggplants and making the uh, salatim. So uh, that was, I should have added that to my food experience earlier on in the show. But uh, we, we really, we really got into it. And, you know, my kids tried things they never made, you know, that they would never try before. They never would eat chopped liver. We made the most delicious chopped liver, but it wasn't chopped liver, it was eggplant. Vegetarian. We fried eggplant, deep fried. I'm sorry for all the healthy people. We deep fried our eggplant, then we sautéed onions, um, and then we took some um, hard-boiled eggs and a little bit of salt, and then we put it all together and we zhuzhed it, and it looked like eggplant. And it tastes, uh, it looked like chopped liver and it tasted like chopped liver. It, it was unreal, but it was eggplant. So, um, yeah, you can definitely try that. That was a really simple and easy recipe. And I'm working on a recipe, which I will post on my blog called apple and honey cobbler. So I think that's a great dessert also. That's perfect. Yeah. For Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. A little, a little dessert we can uh, throw, throw in at the end there. Hi, you have anything else you want to share with us about some cool fruits and, I mean, everyone shouldn't forget their favorites. I mean, figs are really, really popular now, and there's so many things you can do with figs. Mission figs? Mission figs and the green figs and the calamari figs, and those are really popular at this time of year. Um, And basically, I mean, just have fun. Like, just approach all the fruit with a lot of fun and incorporate um, anything you get during the shachianas and see if you can somehow put it into your regular year-long cooking. It's amazing. You really see, you know... Asian pears a lot more now. There's, I think, a sushi roll that's made with Asian pears. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that also. So um, enjoy. Just have a good time on Rosh Hashanah. We have have some great recipes. We've talked about great recipes for simanim and learn all about what the different simanim are from uh, Pagit Rabag. And we've had uh, Chaya Frischman talking all about the wonderful, amazing fruits that Hashem has provided us and all the wonderful Shechianos. But we can also remember there's a great wines out there. There are great Israeli wines great California wines, great European wines, and, of course, great Australian wines to mix and match with a meal. Also, try, try something different, and I just want to give Morad Wine a big shout-out. They have a passion fruit wine, <gasps> which is really shahakal, so don't make kiddish on it, but that is totally fantastic. So, uh, if you Say that go- again, Morad Wine? M-O-R-A-D. It's the winery. It's from Israel, but they have a passion fruit wine. I just think, you know, with all the simanim and stuff, you know, just want to try some different bottles of wine, so that's really a good one. Try um, yeah, so I think they they have a pomegranate wine. They have a wine. pomegranate wine. That's fabulous. I oh, don't remember the name. Oh, you from also? I may, it could be. They sell it in the place on Rockaway Turnpike. It is such a delicious I bet wine. You, I bet you it's the same uh, the same company, Morad. Passion fruit. Oh, you're sending me some. I'll send you sorbet. Okay, <laughs> done, done. Thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. I hope we have a 
great Shabbat Shalom and, and everyone has a nice, easy week and a busy week, but it uh, should be smooth and easy as we prepare for our upcoming new year. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Stay tuned and listening to some great music all the way up to Lich Benting. Shabbat Shalom, and we'll talk to you next week.